So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. are back in it is a football friday edition of the broncos blitz podcast i am danny williams along with danny bailey we are live from our studios here in the tech center thanks for being with us we appreciate you guys um lots to talk about um this friday it's football friday the last football friday of the broncos season the last football friday of the regular season so the broncos um have the Chargers on tap. We'll pick that game. We'll look at it. Um, we'll talk about its significance or not and what that ge- uh, what that game may or may not mean for uh, the Chargers going into the game. They won't know till maybe right before the start of that game. Um, but uh, it's like the end of the season here. Um, not necessarily for the Broncos Blitz podcast. We're not going to go pump out Monday through Friday Broncos Blitz podcast anymore. But I'll tell you when we do, um, you got to go listen to it because it'll pr- it'll matter um, and that's just, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, the beautiful thing about the NFL, Danny Bailey, how are you? I'm well. You sore from dad ball? No. Oops. My, well, you've been skiing lately. Yeah. So you're built like, uh, I'm a little tight, but I'm not sore. Like a tiger. He, that's what he means, ladies. Um, so, okay. The, they got the chargers. Okay, and the Chargers are one thing. How they finish, uh, some people believe, might matter or not. Um, this, the beautiful thing about the NFL, though, is even if your team is kind of done, once the playoffs roll around, it's just like it matters. Everything matters. Every game matters. Um, why do we care about the NFL in this country the way we do? What, what, what is it? What, what, what do you love about the NFL? I mean, it's gladiators. Like it's going back to some of the oldest entertainment that think it's kind of medieval like that kind. It is absolutely wow. I like that you, um, way you put that. But also, it's our sport. It's America. It it's is American football. They don't really they don't play at other places. Well, they got Canadian football in Canada. They got Australian rules football uh, down under. But those yeah. are very different games than American football. This is ours. I'm young old. Okay, so it's like I'm older than you, but I'm not an old man. But I'm like I'm not young like you anymore. But um, what I, I I do know is back in the day, man, the 50s and the 60s, baseball, boxing, and horse racing r- ruled this country for what it was. So, again, that's, you know, it's America in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. We're coming into our own. But also, the 50s, the 40s, and the 30s, man, the 30s, they got horses and buggies. and You know what I mean? Like, cars are barely a thing. Airplanes aren't a thing. So what I'm kind of saying is, man, you know, back in the day, baseball, and there's still a, um, something timeless about baseball. There's some magic there. When you're at the ballpark, you can kind of feel it. Yeah. There's some Baseball is special, okay, like that. But America itself doesn't love baseball anymore. Boxing? Um, 
Mike Tyson's like the last great heavyweight fighter because we care about boxing usually when there's an all-time great heavyweight. And even like the uh, Tyson Furies and the Deontay Wilders, to this day, you know, our guy. Mm -hmm. um, It's just like we don't care about these guys. UFC has taken over boxing. Okay. Yep. And then uh, horse racing is there's I, I care about three races a year and for six weeks a year because you have like the Belmont and then you have the uh, Kentucky Derby and what's the last one? You the, Preakness. The, Bel- the Preakness. Thank you. Perfect. And that's two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. And like my grandfather like loved betting the horses and the dogs. And I would go with him, you know, and it would be like, you know, something I and my 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 dad's the youngest of 12 kids. So my grandma and grandpa were like older grandmas and grandpas. You know, my dad, picture this, hard to wrap your head around, had nieces and nephews. He was the uncle, but they were older than him. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's kind of crazy, right? So, I, you know, I just spent a lot of time with my parents who were younger um, with my grandparents. So, like, man, like, my grandpa's taking me, like, the track all the time. It's probably inappropriate. But also, like, man, I had a love for, Different like, times. The horses and the dogs and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I get it, but that's just now, man, horse racing is so niche It's the niche, niche, nichiest thing. It's, you know, it's timeless. It's cool. You get the mint juleps. You go, you know, there's you the 100,000. I like to go to the Kentucky Derby one day. That'd be sweet. That'd be cool. Dress up, do the whole thing. But um, it's, like, it's all about football this country and not only did it you know it was it about that but then so i'm in the high school in the i'm in the class of 2000 so i'm in high school in like 95 to 2000 like 2000 you know, or 1996 to 2000 um i had to go for an uncle um who i had went to his fantasy football draft a couple times with with a bunch of guys, um, there was a Mexican restaurant over by um, the Children's Museum, which is between Elitches and and the Broncos Stadium. There's a Mexican restaurant there. And that's where his draft was for a couple of years. And he couldn't go one year. And I'm just driving, and I go draft for him, okay? So this was, like, 1995. So that's when, like, fantasy football kind of started for me. At the time, like, these guys, like, the commissioner's, like, looking up box scores in the newspaper to total up points. That's how kind of archaic and old, yeah. you know, school that kind of brand of fantasy football was. So maybe that's the start of when the NFL madness took over the country. But definitely in the 2000s and over the last 15 years is, like, when fantasy football has just in been all encompassing like driven this country wild you're in a fantasy league are you yeah couple one just one this year okay have you been in more other times like the other seasons you've been like oh uh, yeah there are seasons i've been in two or three yeah me too uh same thing with me i'm down to one there's times i'm like four or five and i didn't love it yeah and it's hard to like you know so you almost rooting four guys on your team that are beating you in another league. Exactly. If that makes sense. So yep. that makes it, and it, it's more special just to have one or two leagues. But um, I don't know, you know, just kind of turn into a little bit of a tangent here um, on the Broncos uh, Blitz podcast. But yeah, the NFL is, you know, we love it. I love it. We're basketball guys. We always kind of say that. We love, you know, hoops as well. But um, there's nothing uh, uh, like the feeling of when your NFL team is on top. What's the best feeling in sports you could have? Do you think it's like your college team winning a national championship? Do you think it's uh, NBA, is NFL, is one different than the other? Do you think it's winning a World Series? It's an open-ended question. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. A, I think it varies person to person yeah. because that's, things, a, that's probably the right sports ma- value 
you know, sports mattered more to that's, different people. That's a good call. That's the right answer. Because, you know, I always say I went to Metro State over here. You know, it's like I went down to college and then, like, back home and then to, like, back to, like, my apartment. I wasn't on a campus. So being on a campus, having that, you know, college football team that you live and die and bleed with, that is wild. That's powerful, you know. Um, I think that's kind of a big deal. But I think the allegiance that people have to their NFL teams, at least here in Broncos country, it's pretty powerful. So, okay. Coaching candidates, say you're inside of the most important meeting um, that the Broncos ownership's going to have with a prospective um, head coach, okay? It's your guy. You're there. He's about to get hired. It's working out perfect in your mind. Who's that guy? Who's the perfect hire? Is there uh, such a thing? I've, you're not jumping out and just saying, oh, boom, 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 here's my guy. No, I don't and have, that's a, interesting I don't have like a go-to guy because I'm, I'm a little skeptical that people will want to come here still. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, there are, there are a lot of arguments to be made for the resources that the ownership group has. Now, what's changed? Things. It's historically just, for the franchise. Yeah, it's just it, it was a very bad team this year. It was hard to watch most weeks. And if you're a guy who wants to really kind of like make a mark somewhere and turn something around, wouldn't you want to do it at a franchise where you're not always going to be compared to other great coaches or other great eras? Interesting. So you're saying that hurts the Broncos? I'm saying that it could. That's very interesting. Because, well, what you're saying, and I'm going to add on top of that, mm-hmm. is the standard. They saw, other coaches are going to see that the fan base helped run a new head coach out of town in one year. The fan base, the media, and then, therefore, like the ownership and the front office allowed a head coach to historically be ran out in historic fashion, like we said, it's happened two times since the 70s, five times ever, and these were, like, incredible circumstances. What's happened with the Broncos and Daniel Hackett is earth-altering, historically embarrassing. Embarrassment at the ultimate level of embarrassment. So you're saying, why would someone want to come, for one, maybe be a part of that, and, and then, two, you know, you're not John Elway, and you're not Peyton Manning, and you're not Mike Shanahan, and you're not Gary Kubiak. That's very interesting to think about because anyone usually kind of thinks about you want to go be a part of the franchise that's so thick and rich in tradition. But the standard of excellence and the expectations are so through the roof, it's got to be a very, very special guy to be able to do it. That's why Danny Bailey, I think we just discovered the answer. I think we just solved all of the world's problems. That's why they keep going through coach after coach after coach and quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. It's part of the problem a little bit, which, again, Figuring out the problem doesn't mean we have an answer or a solution, but being the part you know part of the Broncos franchise, it's tough. Drew Locke was just a second round pick. Look how controversial the people were on Drew Locke, you know, and then look how the quarterback's scrambling year after year. You go from Peyton, that's the end. You go Trevor Paxton, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. I might have switched one up there to uh, Russell Wilson. It's like, so what are we doing here? Yeah. And that doesn't mean we should have stuck by one of those guys at all. 
It just means they kept getting it wrong and over and over again because the shouting from the mountaintops here, the media, what it is here, and the fan base is just like, again, I'll give credit to the fan base. Um, Maybe not even the media because the media was split down the middle with Tebow. But it was the fan base demanding it, demanding it. We're one in four. And people are like, what else? Why are you starting Oren? What else do we have? The guy was drafted in the first round. Whether he was your guy or not, you got to start Tebow. I mean, damn, what are we doing? What happens? Tebow starts, goes on a miraculous six, seven game run. You know, they come back down to earth, win the division, go on to have one of the greatest playoff wins in the history of the NFL. That was magic against the Steelers. Yeah. Iconic. So. I don't know. I don't. Have, I wish I had like a hypothesis, uh, hypothesis or a conclusion here, or like this research. Therefore, has you know, give me this conclusion. It's just the you know the thoughts. It's just we're just talking here in the podcast. I'm trying to figure these Broncos you know problems out, but um, I don't have a guy either, Danny Bailey. I don't have a guy. Jim Harbaugh's enticing. It sounds sweet. It feel like a feather in our cap. Yeah. It feel like a win. That's what it is. Because when you go have a press conference, Danny Bailey, and you guy, he, oh, man, look at these numbers. He's going to be the highest paid annual coach or, you know, in the history of the NFL. You know, like, those are supposed to be, it's weird. Those are historic days. That's why you have the suit and tie. That's why they have the press conference. That's why they have all the media there. That's why it's a big deal. That's why everyone's trying to make friends with the guys who matter after the, you know, the new coaches or whoever it is. That's why that stuff matters. It's supposed to be big wins. But it's supposed to be the beginning of, like, going on to, um, Therefore, reach the mountaintop. Yeah. But that's very rare. Most of the time, you do it again in two or three years because you just fired that guy. So it's an embarrassment of, uh, you know, what we say in the show. Um, uh, oh, Coach Joseph, the, there was, you were a hot coaching candidate. It was a tough search. You were down to the wire, you know. What did you tell Coach, um, you know, what did you tell John Elway and the coaches, you know, to, to, or uh, the front office notes to help land this job? And he goes, I get the NFL. <laughs> just that I'm a winner. And people are like, ooh, like, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But then Vic Fangio comes and he's like, Vic Fangio's like, well, you know, we're going to do it old-fashioned way, inch by inch. And, you know, that's it's a, it's a gimmick. You know, like he's, it's going, and then you're kind of like, ooh, this old man's going to lead him. This is what football was like back in the day. Kind of reminds me of John Fox. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a miss, too. So all the, you know, the, the ties and all that stuff, those are all embarrassing kind of in the end when they're failures. It's like, damn, well, that was a mistake. You know, I was there that day. Oh, man, I remember that press conference. I was watching it that day. Oh, I remember I get the NFL and just that I'm a winner. So um, it's, it, that's what, that's, it's hard. There's no right answer. Um, but I also think Danny Bailey, and then we'll wrap this thing because I want to give you these numbers here. There's no right answer, but there's not, just, there's not just one guy who could save the Broncos. We go through these searches and we talk as though, like, there's one person out there, only one. Who is that one candidate who could do it? There's more than one guy, but you got to find one of those guys, okay? So here, let's li- li- listen to this list of guys here, okay? Sean Payton, 4-1 to one to get the Broncos job. Dan Quinn, 5-1. to one. Jim Caldwell, 6-1. to one. D'Amico Ryan's basically seven to one. Eric Bieniemy nine to one. Frank Rake nine to one. Okay. Uh, Kellen Moore ten to one. Azero Evero twelve to one. Jim Harbaugh twelve to one. Wow. 
Vegas okay. knows those odds. Everybody's getting their hopes up for Harbaugh. Well, those odds just, tell me he's not coming here. Okay, let's keep going here down the list because these are all great names. These are all the names you want. Uh, Byron Leftwich, sixteen to one. A lot of people think he was big time responsible for you know Tom Brady and the, that title they won with Tampa Bay. Leslie Frazier's been a f- candidate here. Love three Leslie times. Frazier. Love I him. love Leslie Frazier too. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. he's sixteen to one. So far, if we're doing value here, and it's like we're not doing the bets, beats, and beyond podcast, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast. But at sixteen to one, I'm like, hmm, that might deserve a taste. Maybe because Leslie Frazier, if something, if 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 Harbaugh doesn't happen, if Evero they don't really like, and they're looking for something different, and if Sean Payton is like a dream, like a pipe dream, I bet you Leslie Frazier is damn near right there a finalist. Danny Bailey, yeah, but that's, I bet to tell you, I, I swear I believe that. Brian Flores, eighteen to one. Brian Schottenheimer, eighteen to one. Darren Bevel, twenty to one. Then it gets silly. You ready for the silly ones, or yeah, do you want to waste yeah, your time? Silly, Let's get silly Give stuff. Me the silly ones. Peyton Manning, fifty to one. Yeah. Bill Cowher, sixty-six to one. Wow. Ooh. And then there's five guys who are a hundred to one. Gary Kubiak. That's some great odds. Yeah. If I don't put ten dollars <laughs> to win a thousand dollars on Gary Kubiak, who I keep bringing up over and over again, I mean that'd be crazy. John Elway, a hundred to one. Mike Shanahan, a hundred to one. Shannon Sharp, a hundred to one. <laughs> I love that. Shannon Sharp. I love that. First time like I saw a that. Thousand to one. And then this one's weird. I don't know why. Pete Carroll. 150 to oh 1. My He's God. the second time I've seen him on a list. I don't know. All you need is like a dumb excuse, reason, headline, yeah, thought, just like, re- you know, tie, a tie yeah. to the guy relationship. But that'd be kind of wild. That's silly. Okay, so th- that's that what it is. silly. Those are the candidates. Dang, my guy Tony Dungy, not even on the list, huh? No, Tony Dungy, um, not on the list. Even though I saw him somewhere um, on a list or two. or Maybe yeah. just a, like an article of someone like, hey, why not this guy? Pretty good. I don't think of uh, Caldwell often. Well, he's Jim a great Caldwell, well, I think he's a good candidate too. To um, to um, piggyback what you're saying, Peyton Manning gives Jim Caldwell a ton, ton of credit for turning him into just a guy who was a really good quarterback with throwing a lot of picks to one of the finest quarterbacks of all time, to one of the greatest of all time. Speaks very, very highly. So well, we've talked about this before too. Um, Jim Caldwell's the guy. They fire Cam Cameron, the Ravens, okay, in 2012. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the year the Broncos lose uh, Raheem Moore. They go over the top, and the Broncos should have won that Super Bowl. A lot of people, it's like one of the most heartbreaking losses in Broncos history. But that season, they fire Cam Cameron and hire and elevate Jim Caldwell, and Jim Caldwell takes the Ravens to the Super Bowl and wins it all. You'll remember Jim Flacco goes eleven touchdowns, yeah. no picks in those playoffs. That's Jim Caldwell style, and Jim Caldwell takes the Lions. The Lions to the playoffs two times? Think about that. Yeah. Jim Caldwell took the Lions to the playoffs two times. That's my like going to an NFC championship game if you're a Lions fan. So Jim Caldwell just might damn well be, as right now, I proclaim on this day, I heareth pro- proclaim, Jim Caldwell might be my pick, bro. We just, we just might have talked. We might have talked each other into I Jim kinda, Caldwell. Yeah. Are we like in? Caldwell. I love that. Man. He's got everything. He really does, and the respect. Yeah, too. a lot of people are saying I don't want another first-time head coach. Maybe he'll there drag Peyton go. around He's, a little bit too. For yeah, you know, that too. You know, a little peek at the offense, some consultant stuff. What do you see? Yeah. You know, come hang around with us once a week, Peyton, for two or three hours with the offense. Sit in this meeting with us, type of stuff. That stuff's like gold. That's like having Peyton Manning on the sideline almost when you have an in like that. So. 
Yeah. We're going to go on a high note. That's been the Broncos Blitz podcast. Great stuff. Good stuff. Um, Man, what do you think? Can. You think? What do you think with this Chargers game? You think it's oh, going to yes, matter? Yes, yes. You think it's going to matter for the Chargers? No, or are I they going to end up matter. being in no matter what? I think I, it does. I think it's not going to matter for them. But also, I think their co- coach is a bit on the hot seat there because that's where Sean Payton is talking about. Like people are saying, well, why would Sean Payton want to come to the Broncos? And you can go work with if the Chargers know that you know Sean Payton wants to go work with um, a talent like Justin Herbert. Well, then it's an easy yeah. decision because he's young and talented. And you go have 10 more years worth of success like you just had with Drew Brees. But um, it's hard to say to pick the game. The total is like 40-ish, around 40-ish. Um, I like the over. I think the Broncos are scoring, going to score, going to grind their way to 20, 24 points. And I know there's no way the Chargers don't score 20, you know, plus points. So that's kind of what I think is going to happen. And then if it matters or not matters, that'll matter to one team or not matter. Therefore, you know, we'll open up the floodgates for a few more scores. So I can't pick the game because it's swung from one, the Chargers covering three to now the Broncos having to cover three. Mm-hmm. Broncos got ton, tons of tons of dudes out, bro. So um, I like the total more than anything. Okay. And that's kind of it. Maverick Sports, a sponsor of this podcast, as well as Total Beverage, totalbeverage.com. We appreciate those guys big time. Um, we appreciate everything they've done for us and with us this um, this season, which is not quite over. And we're going to still hit those Bron- uh, Broncos Blitz podcasts. But, you know, we're a daily podcast when the Broncos are playing daily football. Once their season is officially over, then it becomes about doing a different kind of podcast, which plenty of new stuff that we know, our takes, stuff that we hear. It's the best stuff I think you're going to hear anywhere. But uh, we appreciate you guys being with us the whole season. Danny Bailey, appreciate you too, buddy. I appreciate you. All right. Um, I am Danny Williams for Danny Bailey. We appreciate you guys and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night. Good night.